0: Secondhand Film Critics, your favorite source for mildly pretentious, semi-uneducated, and highly unqualified opinions on movies. I am Kayla, and I am here with my co-host,
1: Noah. And it's just another regular episode today. Yeah. So we're going to be reviewing a Marvel movie. Um, (laughs) A re-review of Age of Ultron is going to be the episode for the day. That's my favorite Marvel movie. Uh huh. And I know yours as well because that's yes, the best one,
0: of course.
1: Um. So stick around for that. Okay. No, but what is our episode today? This is a very exciting.
0: This episode is our hundredth episode. Wow! If you counted correctly.
1: Yeah, because I did. I did because we didn't count the trailer. So uh-huh. if you're looking at Apple Podcasts, it says 101. Um. I did count the bonus episode we did for um the high school musical the series episode just because like i did you know so the only uh-huh. one i didn't count was the trailer so we uh, if you don't count the trailer this is our 100th episode that we've been that we've done for the podcast which you know is is an exciting time that is
0: a lot of episodes that is like at least 100 hours of like actual like recorded time ta- like recorded time that people can listen to us. Like if someone has listened to the podcast, they have listened to our voices for like every episode, like a hundred plus episodes. A hundred plus hours.
1: I'm so sorry. To that everyone is out so
0: there. ridiculous. <laughs> That's really, really unfortunate
1: for them. Um yeah, though I mean, if you think about it after four more episodes, we'll have enough episodes for people to listen to an episode every week for two years. Mm-hmm. You know, That's wow. a very elaborate way of saying that, but that's an impressive statistic. Our first episode was June 19th, 2019, um, and that was as of today, which is um, Sunday, the 26th of September, 830 days ago.
0: Wow. So, that is a large portion of our lives, Noah.
1: <laughs> it truly is. Um, we've. Been I would through like to COVID. thank
0: uh my mother and <laughs> our producer, which is us. Which is us. And thank you to us. Our editors, which is us.
1: And um, the listeners, you know, because I mean, we probably would still be making it if we didn't have the <laughs> listeners. So I'm not gonna say that they made it, but you know, it's always nice to have I mean, people who listen.
0: I, yeah. Maybe if we had absolutely zero listeners, <laughs> I don't know if we okay, would make true. it as. True. I don't know if we've made had have made it every week, you know. But yeah, we enjoy yeah. it, and it also makes us enjoy it more <laughs> than
1: when people, people listen. listen
0: to us.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: and I will say too, like in these, I know, like a hundred episodes, we've had a lot of really fun guests on. Um, we've become friends with a lot of great people. That, um, mm-hmm. yep.
1: <laughs> that's it. That's the only. Ex- I I thing. didn't
0: have a, any finished sentence. I, like, but we uh-huh. had like we've had a lot of fun people on. Like, we've been able to actually like be friends with a lot of those people too. We've been able to, you know, talk about movies and let that. Mm spread into the lives of others like yeah. COVID. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah spread safely into the lives of others yeah i think we've definitely so far done what we set out to do which was to talk about movies um and provide you know our own opinions that you know whether or not they differ from the norm uh and just try to platform other opinions as well so I hope that we can continue to to do that um in the coming months and hopefully years and you know see what the future brings.
0: Yeah, we have no idea how long we'll be doing this podcast for.
1: Literally zero idea. Um, You know, this could be our last episode. We would never know.
0: (laughs) I mean, if we die, well, it will be. It will be. But
1: (laughs) if one of us dies, then we'll end it. I don't think we're gonna do it if you know it wouldn't be the same. Sorry, hate to be
0: a downer. (laughs)
1: This is this 100th episode. Um so we decided what we were going to do for this a long time ago actually. Like if we you did. look back to at like my letterbox or your letterbox like mm-hmm. once you know the episode topic, you can see the seeds for this being planted
0: months ago. A couple
1: months ago. Yeah. And we even came up with it like beginning of this year. So
0: Yeah, we had wanted to do this topic and then it kind of just worked out that we wanted more time obviously um to go back and watch some movies and Mm -hmm. it happened to be like we have this 100th episode what should we do for it and it's like let's do the five-star movies let's put it there
1: yeah yeah it was it really worked out perfectly yeah and if you listen to the last episode you would know this but just to clarify like that might sound like a pretty big undertaking and it is you know we have a lot of stuff to get through in this episode but We both have, I think, significantly less five star movies than other people. Not because we like less movies, but just because we hate ourselves and we're (laughs) too specific on what we want to be five star movies. Like and I just like to have treat my five star ratings as like a set of movies that I know that I love and would like be proud of having had given like the highest rating, you know?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna give a little comparison here. Okay. Okay, so looking at your letterboxed you have how many five stars?
1: Thirty-three.
0: All right, so I have twenty-three. Uh-huh. And that makes up four percent of my letterboxed ratings.
1: Mine is three percent. Okay. So very so small percentage.
0: We're gonna compare that. To some of the friends of the pod. Wow. So that's people who have been on our podcast that have Letterboxd And This
1: is, this isn't this isn't a call out either. We just like to give a baseline. Yeah. You know, a comparison.
0: Okay, so our friend Zach Smith Michaels, who is from The Real Boys, he's been on multiple times. He has twenty four five stars on Letterboxd. Okay, he
1: he could do this episode too.
0: And that makes up 7% of his mm-hmm. ratings. So that's a little mm-hmm. bit higher percentage wise than us, but also is still a fairly low. Now he has mm-hmm. 353 ratings. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's, but that's
1: still like, I think comparatively, people would maybe even still consider that low, you know, mm-hmm. like a 7%. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: So our friend Gabe, um, okay. Bagel Gabe. Who was on a Spider-Man episode with us? Wow. He has a hundred and three five-star ratings on Letterboxd, oh, okay, which makes up nineteen percent of his Letterboxd ratings. Okay, so mm-hmm. that's higher than us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just interesting to see. Um, it's
1: interesting to see how people treat five-star ratings, you know, because I think everyone kind of approaches it differently.
0: Our good friend Brooke of the Queer Quadrant. She has sixty five five star ratings to make up ten percent of her Letterboxd. Okay,
1: so it's it's always different, you know, which is why it's interesting. Like I think it's too interesting why people compare stuff on Letterboxd. Like, oh, look at the look at the scale for how much how many five star ratings this movie's gotten. But it's also like people treat ratings differently for each person. Like ratings can mean different things for every person. Um so for me like rating something 5 stars it doesn't mean that there's absolutely zero flaws because I think that's a pretty hard thing mm-hmm. for something to have cuz I think once you get to a certain point flaws are just subjective so it doesn't mean that there's absolutely zero flaws in it but it has to be for me at least close to if not flawless mm-hmm. um and also has to hit on like a personal level Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of movies that I've seen that I think are really technically good or have a lot of objective good qualities to them. And like, this is an objectively good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the most part, I only give things five star ratings that are like things that connect with me personally as well. Yeah. Um. So a lot of times that does end up being things that are like also popular, but there's a lot of movies that you know, I think are really good, but I've only given like four stars because it just didn't have that same like connection to Mm -hmm. me personally, which is what really pushes it to that higher level.
0: Yeah. I give less things than you five stars. They're more spread out. I think like a lot of the Mm. movies that I have given five stars are movies that I liked as a kid. Um, Like it's very rarely that I watch a new movie and give it five stars or at least it feels that way for me um and you'll see that when we kind of get through some of my movies is that most of them are like nostalgia is why i give a movie five stars um it's part of it um but it's really more of like it's a very good movie but then it also makes me feel a certain way so like for example of a movie that I love, 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 love that I have not given five stars is La Circle Rouge, which I think is one of the greatest films of all time. But I only give it four and a half stars because I just hate the last like five minutes of it. I don't like oh, the ending. It
1: was so close.
0: <laughs> I don't like the ending. And so yeah, I don't I, I mean, even though that's one of my favorite movies, you know, it's just not a five star for me because like as a whole I'm not mm. like god I love this movie so much. Yeah. And it doesn't even need to be like the technically best movie, you know, in the yeah, world. Exactly. Like it just is something that I really enjoy or meant something to me or you know, was special or good or mm. whatever and it just yeah. so happens that I give it the elusive five stars.
1: <laughs> the elusive five stars. Uh and this was a fun exercise because I went and listed all the five star movies that I had rated, and I rewatched quite a few of them, um, and narrowed it down. I think I cut probably like five or six out. Yeah, you cut um, quite a few
0: out because you you definitely had more than me. Um, I before, did, and I now did. it it's closed the gap definitely for sure.
1: Yeah, and it was primarily to a lot of ones that i'd only seen had only seen once mm-hmm. which was the main ones i wanted to rewatch because i think there's sometimes where you have like the first watch and you're like this is awesome but i don't know if you can fully like for me anyway there's a lot of movies that i don't know if i can fully give it a, an opinion on until i see them twice especially things that i've rated so highly like that mm-hmm. um so there's a few of them that did actually make keep the cut they they, they made it to this to the other side and they continue to stay five stars Uh but there's some where it was like you know this is a little less you know it doesn't mean i dislike it much more but it just isn't a five-star movie and it was a good exercise because now like i'm pretty confident in like 99 percent of these five-star movies yeah like i like this list and i'm glad that going forward now i'll have a good list to base off of so let's just get started we're just gonna go through obviously we can only give like a little bit on each of these movies because we have like what is it 53 to get through we'll have some crossover but
0: so uh, we'll give a little (laughs) bit
1: well a a little bit on each and if we have already made an episode on this movie i'm definitely not gonna say as much about it because yeah right you can just listen to that episode uh but let's just get started we'll go through our crossovers and uh we have four crossovers (laughs) Which I mean isn't a lot, but also like it's it's a good for as many as we have, you know, four is not uh, bad,
0: yeah, and I will say one one of these movies was one that was in my bubble that I didn't get a chance to rewatch mm. and and I'm pretty sure that's it's, uh, it's a five star, um mm. but it's been quite a few years since I've seen it, um mm. so I'm Let's not... see
1: if I can guess which one that is. Okay. Um, I think it's pretty obvious. Is that Get Out? Yeah. Okay, yeah. And That's like... interesting because that was, same for me, that was also one I wanted to rewatch. And that was like one of the only ones that was like a clear, oh yeah, this is definitely five stars.
0: Yeah. Um, and I so I do think it would be for you. really like that movie. Um, And when I watched it the first time, I liked it so much that I watched it again and then I made my dad watch it because um, I thought that he would like it. And it was kind of the movie that got me sort of into watching, like feeling like I was, because I, I get very scared at horror movies. Mm-hmm. And it, I felt like I needed to watch this movie because it was so popular. And then I watched it, and it made me feel like I was able to watch horror movies. Like it made me feel. Wow.
1: Thank you, Jordan Peele.
0: That <laughs> and It uh, both made me oh, feel like yes. I was able 2017. to enjoy horror genre but yeah i i think it is still probably a five star but that's just one that i haven't i didn't get a chance to revisit before this episode so it was on my like bubble movies
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it's like i said easily one of like my really like i know this is a five star movie i don't know if there's really any flaws of this movie for me like i could probably like you can always think of a flaw i think if you try hard enough Mm -hmm. but it's just so good and I I need to rewatch Us so I don't want to like give too much Us slander also I just don't want to get like hate but I think comparatively like when you watch something like Us that's a super ambitious and like a really complex and I would almost sometimes say convoluted movie where I think that is there's just in my opinion too much going on in that movie There's a whereas lot going with this on. I think this is something where it just like it relays the themes so well and it's like the most compact and like perfect version of like uh, social commentary thriller slash Well horror. and it's really
0: creative and you know as well like yeah. it's unique yeah. and has good interesting. And it
1: feels like low budget almost like indie kind of which is really cool.
0: Wow throwing around some buzzwords there.
1: You know I just think it's this a great movie. This
0: film is indie and that's why I like it.
1: It's not indie, but it feels <laughs> like it has like that home like no, I quality get, I get where it mean. was like a really like passion project, which always is fun. Uh we have two Christmas movies on our <laughs> crossover list, which I think will fulfill the nostalgia thing.
0: Yeah. And I do also have another Christmas movie which I'll talk about in my oh,
1: I do too. Yep. list
0: as well. Wow, you do yep. too.
1: I do. Wow. They're different ones. You do,
0: they are, they are different.
1: But these two are Home Alone and Christmas Story. Which we have talked about, I think. On yeah, some we've we've episodes. talked
0: about a little bit. I think um, for me, A Christmas Story obviously and Home Alone were both ones that I watched as a kid growing up. Mm-hmm, so there is mm-hmm. that level of nostalgia to it. Um, but even now, when I watched them previously this last Christmas, um, like Home Alone is just so freaking good. It Every is really single good beat in that movie is perfect. And then when you watch the like, um, I don't know if you ever watched the Netflix, like how it's made, Mm. uh, the Home Alone episode, but that just like really solidified how this movie is five stars, like the way this movie came to be, I was Mm. like, it's a perfect Christmas movie. It's so good. Great music,
1: great directing. And.
0: I've seen it who knows how many times, and it still slaps every single time. It's so time. funny,
1: too. It's it, so I good. I laugh
0: every time, even when I know it's coming. The music gets you every time. Mm. It's such a perfect like combination of a soundtrack and a score. It's like, wow, I love it all so much. It's so nice.
1: And I think that's a similar story for me, too, with A Christmas Story, where like, I've seen that de- even probably more than Home Alone. In that movie, like, every time I watch it, it feels like I'm watching it for the first time. Like, yeah. it feels so fresh and, like, fun, and the pace is really fast. Uh, And I just always love movies that try to get you inside, like, the mind of, like, the kid, mm. you know, and give you his or her or their perspective. Yeah, I
0: think both of these movies, like, do that really, really well, too. Yeah. Really yeah. capture. And, and movies that... I think what makes them so good now too is that they transcend how good they were as a kid. Like watching them as a kid, and then you watch it as an adult, and you're like, this experience hasn't changed at all. Mm, Like I still enjoy it, and like can get into it just as much as I did when I was ten years old. And I similar to
1: Matilda we were talking about. Yeah, it's like a very similar like child like wonder kind of thing. They hold up
0: super well, so
1: um our only other crossover is one of your favorite movies and obviously one of mine if i gave it five stars which is um back to the future the first one which like i mean the other two are good like yeah. i think they probably probably goes one two three for my ranking just because like uh. i feel like most people are agreeing on that yeah uh but this one is like it's just like a perfect summer blockbuster like it's so good great time
0: and i think yeah, we've we've spent a whole episode talking about this movie we did. with our friend we Chenzi, uh, but it definitely is one of those ones that like was just so impactful to me in high school, and I loved it so much that like I will never be able to let go of it. So mm. I think that is another mm. reason why I will continuously have it as a five star. I just like to hold yeah. on to things.
1: <laughs> you, you know, sometimes you just don't want to let go, and I don't think there's like again really any flaw with this movie like it's it is very uh, it feels maybe formulaic right now because like so many things took from it but you know when when something does a formula so well like you don't really care because like it's just Mm -hmm. like so perfect and it's i can't i i can't wait to watch it again in the summer like it's just a great movie just to watch in the summer
0: yeah yeah also like before we get into the rest of our movies i want to say too that like I don't rate movies sometimes, like movies that I really really like. Sometimes I just feel like a rating hmm. like it can't be contained to a rating.
1: Yeah, it's just it's too powerful for a rating. <laughs> like yeah. because
0: I think of movies like, you know, movies that are even in my top 10 or movies that I really really love. Um I think a lot of like Pixar movies and maybe animated movies I watched. Um, you know, I do have one Pixar movie in my in my five stars, but I think of stuff like Up that really would probably mm. be a five-star movie for me too, but it's like, uh, sometimes I just, like, I feel like that's a movie that I just cannot rate. Like, no matter mm-hmm. yeah, how Yeah, there's definitely some
1: of those for me. I would
0: try. I just wouldn't be able to give it a rating. And so I, I think there is maybe some- Kind of movies that could be in my five stars that have been sort of you know removed uh omitted because of my i just have a hard time rating some things you know
1: yeah i i i get that i don't know if there's anything that i would have rated five stars but there are a lot of things that i just don't rate if they like like i think like the high school musical movies like i would never rate those
0: yeah yeah exactly and High That's School like Musical 2 is obviously example. a five star movie, but like.
1: Right. But I'm not going to rate it alongside like the social network or something. Like, you know, again, High School Musical is just too powerful.
0: And I do have like some movies that people will probably be like, but you rated that one five stars. Like, why not? You know, like, okay, so The Sandlot is on my list. Like, Kayla, you rated The Sandlot five stars but not high school musical because those are both movies i loved as a kid but i think for me the sandlot i revisited this summer and when i watched it again i just was like I, i mean this was one of my favorite movies as a kid like i shaped i would run around and be like yeah 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 from the kid yeah yeah and i would be like yeah yeah because i thought it was like really cool to say yeah yeah because he did yeah and yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) but when i watched it again i just was like wow this movie is perfect like for a kid's movie it checks every single box you need to And, like, even though the plot is silly, like, oh, there's this dog. Obviously, it's not dangerous, but they think that it's going to eat them. And they idolize this kid who's, like, really good at baseball. It's just, like, a really sweet little coming of age set in the Mm. summertime. And it's fun. It's funny. It's got charm and, like, whimsy in it. But it also... Has real life, you know, scenarios in it where the kids like my dad's gonna kill me because I literally just like you know lost his prized possession, mm. um, and yeah. just the whole idea of like fitting in with your friends. And he like pretended like he knew who this guy was, and then you know lost the baseball because he was just trying to fit in and give them the ball. And it's like, wow, there's so much going on here. It's just it's easy five, easy five. When I watched it, I was like, man that is a five star movie right there
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah um there's definitely some of those for me too like kids movies i'll knock off both toy story and toy story 2 here um Mm. we definitely just have to do a toy story episode yeah because having toy story 4 be our only toy story episode is just unacceptable like
0: yeah we gotta do a toy a toy story trilogy episode like <laughs> talk about the just, first go, three. just don't even talk about four Not even talk just about like, Toy Story leave four. it out <laughs>
1: um no but yeah the first two like in their own way they're both great i think the first one is great just because it's just like a really just perfect tight movie great kids movie great script um and then the second one is like a really great example of a, how to do a sequel where it just like ups the stakes of the first movie and expands the world and has some newer thematic elements that I think that's something that toy story trilogy with three and four kind of suffers a bit where they repeat a lot of the same thematic elements as the first two, but with the, with one and two, like they have very different ideas about them. And I think that's just like perfect one and two. And especially now with the um, illumination mario movie chris pratt casting and the space jam 2 casting and how this is all like a lot of movies are casting like famous people as voice actors toy story is like one of the only movies um and i think a lot of early pixar movies that did that well where they picked famous people but actually famous people that knew how to voice act Uh. and could do the voice acting, but also to combine it with other people that could voice act because there are a lot of smaller characters in Toy Story that are voice actors. And I think just those earlier movies really understood a lot better how to do voice acting for kids' movies. So, anyway, that's like more of a contemporary thing that I was thinking about. But Toy Story 1 and 2 are both easy, like childhood favorite five stars for me.
0: Yeah. And I feel pretty much the same way everything you just said about Monsters, Inc., as well, um, yeah. which is my other five star movie. Great uh, celebrity
1: casting there too.
0: Yeah, yeah, same same kind of concept with the celebrity casting. Um I watched that one again and I just was like the the way that they just came up with this universe and same thing with Toy Story, mm. you could say too, but like the fact that they're like what if monsters actually lived in the closet and what if we make this into a kids movie? And it's really this whole world that the monsters live in, and they're just like trying to steal the kids' scr- like they're not actually trying to eat the kids or anything. They're just trying to get the screams right. to power their world. They just need
1: the screams. Like yeah. that
0: is just such an interesting concept in the first place. And then it's like, oh yeah, what if the monsters are scared of the humans? And <laughs> who would have thought? And so then <laughs> you take thought? that. Who would have yeah. thought? And you know, Then you get the great voice acting and you get the great uh, score and it kind of just all puts together with a shady villain and like, mm. oh my gosh, this group is like trying to use their power and prey on the young children and they just want to steal the screams and make more money. And it's like, wow, that's a good uh, reflection of our society too. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: but... <laughs> No, it's just a it. It's just such a good, good movie.
1: Um, I'll connect that with one of mine with uh, another great Billy Crystal performance in When Harry Met Sally. <gasps> oh Um, another another classic. Um, I just rewatched this recently, not even for this episode because I knew this was going to be five stars, but just uh-huh. because like fall, you know.
0: Uh, fall. yeah, I'm ready to. I, it's on my list of ones to hit soon.
1: Especially just because like. The weather has just not felt like fall this month, and so I needed something that felt like fall, and this did definitely hit the spot. Um, we I talked about this a little, I think, on our second movie tag with Queer Quadrant. I picked this for um, m- like the movie script category, favorite script screenplay category, uh-huh. uh, and that still stands. I think the screenplay is amazing. I think it's it, it's a movie that like. It would be made today because I think a lot of romantic comedies still are 90 minutes. But the the type of movie it is wouldn't be made today because like it's a very um, not adult, but it like it's a lot more serious in nature than I think a lot of the romantic comedies today are
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: obviously still incorporating humor, of course. But it's just one of those movies that I watch and I just wish that movies were like that still, you know, yeah,
0: I definitely know what you mean.
1: And it's like it's just you can't beat the feeling that it gives you, and just like the high art, but still mainstream
0: uh-huh. like
1: piece of uh, pecan. And the pie. soundtrack
0: is like I listen to it year round because it's just so. Oh good. yeah,
1: the Harry Connick Jr. soundtrack—it is just absolute fire.
0: Yeah! Um, wow, it, be- such good vibes.
1: <laughs> it's really great <laughs> vibes. Is there any other movies that you have that you like the soundtrack on?
0: Sure. Speaking of soundtracks, I have The Sound of Music. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Um, Which obviously is a musical, and everyone knows this movie, uh, of course. Uh, it's kind of funny because this is my mom's favorite movie of all time. Mm. Like, and mm. she would make us watch it. Isn't this like
1: everyone's mom's favorite movie? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> it might be.
0: Julie Andrews has a hold. Um, she does. My mom would. I mean, and obviously, like we enjoyed it. Um, but she would have us. Re- we- like, we would rewatch it at least once a year. And you know, it was because of her that we would rewatch it. Um, And in that process, you know, we would sing the music and Mm. I would do the songs in like voice lessons. And so I just was always surrounded by sound of music. And I think when I watch it now, obviously, I can see kind of the filmmaking that goes into it and stuff. Uh, but I just love the, like, colors in this film. We all know that oh, yeah. I uh, get sucked into Technicolor. <laughs> like, <laughs> any Technicolor movie, even if it's, like, something dumb, I'm, like, four stars, at least, for the, just the Technicolor <laughs> <At> alone.
1: <laughs> four stars for Technicolor.
0: Um, But, yeah, and I, I feel like it just holds this very sacred, nostalgic, like, It's in this, you know, like of this bubble of space and time Mm. of like sound of music. And it it just is so special in that little bubble that I Mm -hmm, just love mm -hmm. to be there in that world. Not the like Nazi part of the world, but like when they're up on the The mountain. The first half of the movie. Yeah, when they're up on the mountain and she's like And then the kids are all singing along, and they're running around yeah. through the field. Great vibes. And Julie Andrews is happy, and they fall in love.
1: What about um a Midsommar and Sound of Music double feature? I think would just be a great one. <laughs> we could try to program that one. Um, I also have a musical on my list. I think mm-hmm. only one, which is La La Land. Which we've talked. We haven't actually like talked about the movie itself um we didn't know like preparation for this episode no shame but so i don't know like what i'm gonna say right now but i think this and whiplash are both like they they cover similar but different topics but they both are movies that i can't watch if like i want to be in a good emotional state for the next week you know that makes so i don't watch i don't watch them often but when i do they it's it's a it's an emotional wreck for me you know i have to like I've got to like call off work the next for the next week, have it in preparation.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, No, I think like it's this is an amazing movie. I mean, there's so many aspects of this movie that I like. And it was, I also came out in a pretty formative time. I think 2017, there was like something in the air in the 2017 (laughs) movie sphere. I wish we could go back to that. Um, And I remember seeing it for the first time too, in not. Our regular theater, it's actually one of our older theaters that we have near us, which usually would be a bad thing, but it was, like, I think the perfect theater to see it in because, again, Mm -hmm. it's a little older, so it felt like an older theater, and it had, like, you know, on the the theater, not hallways, but, like, the, the aisles. And lining the aisles, they had, like, the lights, but it still was, like, one of those, like, LED, like, strips that Uh they kind of weaved through. So it just, everything felt, like, really uh, vintage, and you're just sitting in that chair where it's not very comfortable because they're definitely not recliners, and they're, like, really old chairs. And... That's that has nothing to do with the movie, but, you know, just something I wanted to share because that's, I think, what first made me fall in love with it was just even the experience of watching it. um, And then the movie itself, too, after having seen it multiple times after that is also very good. Yeah. One of my favorites. I think it's um third, fourth, maybe top in my number four, or number three. It's in your three? top
0: four. Yeah.
1: It's in my top four, you know, so it's either four or three.
0: It's funny because that movie just came up in my time hop because I tweeted. I didn't see it until like it was on blu-ray and i tweeted that i was watching it for the first time i i had a very bad experience with this movie um i didn't enjoy it but we all know that already
1: that was your only time watching it though it so was. you know maybe if i might watched need to give it with
0: you i would oh wow enjoy it more. <laughs> but... that
1: might be true anyway <laughs> with, we gotta keep moving here
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let me think. Um, let me We're gonna run
1: out of ways to connect these movies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> let me think. Um so speaking about movies that have musicians, uh Inside Lou and Davis is one of my five star movies.
1: Wow. And speaking I'm of talk... a depressing movie <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Speaking of movies that send you spiraling into depression, um, yeah, this I've talked about this one before multiple times on the podcast. Um, I just really like how this whole movie feels very depressing, but in like <laughs> a yeah. way that doesn't feel like... Like, it feels real. Like, it doesn't just... Mm. Like, a lot of movies that deal with um, characters like this always just feel like, Oh, life is so hard. I hate my life. Like, just the monotony of life is what makes it depressing. Mm. Like, it's not even that it's, like, his life is awful because it's not. It's, like, you just get stuck in this spiral of, like, I want to do this thing, and it is not working, and I feel stuck, and I hate that. And I'm, like, wow, that is very relatable um, in this world yes. today in 2021. Uh, so... Yeah, and the soundtrack is great, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. It's a crime that it is not on Spotify uh, to listen to the whole thing, and it is a crime that I cannot buy it on vinyl, and I just think it's all a crime against me. Like, personally. are they are, are they
1: trying to make it hard to listen to? That's what it feels like. Like, they're trying actively not to have yeah, you listen like to you it. Like,
0: you can only listen to like three songs on Spotify, and it's like. Give me the whole damn CD. I just want it all. I would like to be depressed all the time and shove it into my eardrums. (laughs) I want it. I I, I want it. Um, I want it. Yeah. I I, I want it.
1: A movie that I think covers similar themes and also has um, a main character and an animal friend is Wendy and Lucy, Mm. um, which I was another one I rewatched for this. And it's definitely one of those where, like, I don't think it's a perfect movie, but I think it's a perfect movie for what it is trying to do. It's another similar thing where I think the way it shows the monotony of her life. I just think it's just such a great movie, very grounded and real and almost just feels like you're watching like you shouldn't even be watching it because like it's like someone's very personal just life like it doesn't even feel like a movie sometimes which is just really interesting kind of film to watch because i don't think i think it's really hard for a movie to give you that sense of like it's only you watching this Mm -hmm. and like this isn't a real movie this is just real life and also like i'm not a heartless person but i don't really like dog movies okay And I don't cry in dog movies that much. But I cried in this dog movie. So you can take with that what you will.
0: Not my precious spooky buddies. Not Air Bud.
1: (laughs) I did not cry in spooky buddies. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: uh, It's fine. Um, Yeah, the rest of my five star movies, uh, spooky buddies, air buddies, treasure buddies, (laughs) space buddies, (laughs) (laughs) air bud, world pop. Uh, Just (laughs) kidding. Oh, my Um, gosh. Uh, okay, so speaking also of people who have animal friends, uh, also on my list is My Neighbor Totoro, uh, which wow. is obviously a Miyazaki film, uh, my mm-hmm. king and the greatest filmmaker of all time. <laughs> mm. um, no, Totoro is like... I don't know if I've talked about this one as much on the podcast because I don't think this one hit my top 10 animated. It's just so precious and sweet and like I put it on to rewatch. I knew it was going to be five stars again, obviously, but I just wanted to rewatch it and I put it on and I was like, oh, I'm going to do work while I'm watching this so I was putting it on in the background. One of those. And then it came on, and I started crying, and I was like, oh, I'm already crying at this. And then it kept happening, and I was still crying, and then I didn't get any work done. Um, mm. And I feel like that in itself sells it as a five-star movie. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: That's a great, um, a great pitch.
0: Yeah. That's all I've got to say. It's a great movie. Everyone knows how great this movie is, so-
1: uh, yeah, I also have, um, another animated movie, which is Inside Out, one of, another one of my favorite Pixar movies, I have a lot of Pixar movies on this, I think I have four, um, and this one is another similar thing where, like, I mean, obviously, again, the movie is, like, fantastic, mm-hmm. but there was, like, one of those where you watch it at a really certain time in your life, um, I think probably for both of us, like, this came out relatively, like, mid to later adolescence, you know, which is, yeah. like, I mean, I, I, I I think this probably still would have hit if I had watched it at the age that she is the movie, which is 11, I think. Um, so, like, I think you could have a different experience watching that. But I think being at that age, it's like you have just kind of exited that stage of adolescence. And so and you're already all like very emotional, you know, and so it feels like you've been on this really long journey in your life even though you haven't. And that is like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that that's over. Or I don't know. It's like, you're very in touch with like those emotions where I think in a way that you can't even be like, even at this point in my life, just because it has been like even more years since then. And at that point it's like, f- still feels very fresh. Uh, and I just like, I love the way that this movie relates. I think we talked about this in the soul episode, Relates like these really deep themes and is able to translate that in this very easy to understand way, even for a kid, which um, is, I think, a thing that like later Pixar movies like soul did don't do as well, where like, I think it just this movie, they found a great way to take this really complicated concept and put it in a format that was entertaining for all ages, you know, it was easy for all ages to understand. And I think that's like a really just like impressive thing to do just on its own. So that is one of mine. Uh, And I have one more Pixar coming up later. So yeah.
0: Wow. Do you want to just do it now? Yeah, sure. Uh, Anyway.
1: Yeah, good point. So my other one is The Incredibles, which, you know, everyone loves The Incredibles, not the sequel, but they love the first one. At least I do. Um, This movie, I is another like really nostalgic one. I think for me, I watched it a ton growing up. I, I think I remember, I like, I remember buying it as well. I was only like four. Imagine if that's like when I gained consciousness is when I bought the Incredibles DVD. Like that was my (laughs) moment like that triggered it. Like I literally remember like looking at it from on the shelf and like, I remember it like being really short too. So really weird that that like sticks out still, but it's just like in this world of all these superhero movies. Now this still feels like a really fresh version of a comic book movie. And it just really understands. I think what makes a comic book movie work and entertaining and like being able to last years and years in the cultural consciousness, uh, which is something I don't think comic book movies now always understand. So this is like, it did it right four years before Iron Man even came out, which was like, that started the new comic book movie era. So interesting one to look back on now after that as well.
0: Uh, I also have a Brad Bird movie in my five stars, and that is The Iron Giant, which I feel like- We've
1: never talked about this one, I don't think. (laughs) I don't know. We've (laughs) never talked about
0: it. Have we? Um, yeah, I, no one needs to hear me talk about this anymore. You can listen to it in, you know, any multitude of our episodes. Uh, if you want to listen to me talk about it longer, you can listen to our top 10, like, animated movies episode. But yeah, I just love the Iron Giant. It's awesome. It's very deep for a kid's movie. I love the themes. I love the animation. I think it's very, a special movie, and it makes me cry every time I watch it.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, like I said, we've talked about that a million times, but it's a great movie. Um, I think it's kind of a superhero movie, too, you know, which brings us to another movie that we've never talked about, which is Spider-Man 2. Um, No one knows our thoughts on this one. we have
0: never made that comparison (laughs) before on the podcast. I
1: don't think, no, we definitely haven't. This is a very original thing.
0: Definitely not.
1: Um, This is like, again, for the hundredth time, this movie is Fire. And I will never, I'm so glad it's getting like the recognition it deserves right now with the No Way Home trailer and Doc Ock and everyone like realizing, oh wait, yeah, this is actually Uh the best Spider-Man movie because like people would have been excited, I guess if like maybe Willem Dafoe was there, you know, just because it's Willem Dafoe, but like Doc Ock, like, I mean, it's the most watched trailer in history because of that moment, you know, Uh and it's just like. Who has that power? Sam Raimi is the only one. Can't wait for the new Doctor Strange movie just because he's a king.
0: Well, speaking of sequels, I have two sequels in my five stars. Um, One is Prisoner of Azkaban, and the Mm. other is Deathly Hallows Part 2. I figure I'll talk about them together because they're both Harry Potter movies.
1: Um, And you're
0: probably thinking, Kayla, I understand Prisoner of Azkaban being a five-star movie because everyone knows that this is like the most at least unique form of storytelling in Harry Potter, um, especially with camera movement in Prisoner of Azkaban. But Deathly Hallows Part 2, like, I don't know, maybe a four-star at most
1: uh yeah, but
0: right, yeah. again it is for that movie it is purely nostalgia like we've talked about that midnight release uh but that is like just being there <laughs> in general and experiencing that what felt like a very cultural moment in like pop culture history and like mm going with my brother and like being able to have that moment with him, my older brother, Zach, who has been on the podcast before and like just the culmination of all those years and like cheering. I'm not a movie cheerer. I hate movie clapping. I'm sorry. But like when, um, Mrs. Weasley kills Bellatrix, uh, that is like one of the greatest movie moments I've ever experienced Hmm. in my life because everyone was like giving her a standing ovation and yeah, it's cheesy, but that encapsulates it's probably one of my only, wow, this is going to sound bad. It's like one of my only good cherished childhood memories like, <laughs>
1: wow, shots fire at your childhood.
0: <laughs> like, it just, I don't remember a lot of my childhood because of trauma. And, uh, but this is one moment that, like, I don't think I'll ever be able to forget was seeing Deathly Hallows mm. Part 2. Uh, but yeah, I love both of those movies. I love m- all the Harry Potter movies. Um, but. Uh, those those two and and sorcerer's stone is very close to a five star for me as well so
1: yeah that's a good one um yeah i think like harry potter is interesting again looking at it with the um, the mcu now because i think there was like uh mcu we have now and then harry potter was before that and i think the one before that was lord of the rings which um is one of mine i don't um... know i i'm I'm pretty sure Two Towers would not be a five-star. Um, but Return of the King might be a five-star. I just haven't seen that movie in so long, and I really wasn't going to rewatch Lord of the Rings right now. Um,
0: yeah, they're very long. And we eventually want to do a Lord of the Rings episode, so just save it for that.
1: Yeah, I was figuring. So the one I have is Fellowship of the Ring, because like I think one thing that's really impressive is that this is not my kind of movie. Mm. Like I enjoy fantasy for what it is and it's, but especially a movie this long and with this much lore in it, this many, I, I just guess this long is really the biggest thing. Like I'm surprised that I like it as much as I do. And I think it's because mm. it's not afraid to take a lot of breathers throughout the long sequ- action sequences. And it really gives time for you to know the characters and just like invest in their stories before they just throw them into action which is something I think then the Hobbit movies don't do, which is why those are not as good is because they kind of forgot that, I guess like they were just like, Oh no, we have to have action, action, action where then that just makes a three hour movie feel like you feel the length at that point because there's, you're not invested. But when you take the time to develop your characters enough for your audience to invest in the story, then you can make your movie like as basically as long as you want, because as long as I'm invested in what's happening to them, then i'm going to want to watch you know and i think that's what this movie understands and it makes the action sequences even better because like you're actually emotionally invested in them rather than just like oh that was a mm-hmm. cool explosion i guess <laughs> yeah so that's fellowship of the ring which again i might have the third one if i'd rewatched it but definitely that first one
0: do you want to talk about your other long movie um synecdoche Shawshank Redemption? new york
1: okay so <laughs> York. yeah oh. <laughs> Yeah, um, I have
0: another I have another
1: long movie in here as well. I have a couple, but this one is the longest of the long ones, uh, which is Sygnecdoche, New York. This is probably the one movie where I take objective quality into account the most because mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I definitely wouldn't watch this movie like repeatedly like this is like a once every couple of years at the most kind of movie. Um, cause it's just so dense and there's so much going on and it's so emotionally heavy. Um, but this is just like, I can't believe this movie exists. I just don't know how a movie like this gets made. Like I can, I understand most other movies, like even Lord of the Rings, like I can understand how that movie gets made. I mean, and I don't think Synecdoche New York gets made even like in the Hollywood system today, but even just logistically, like there's so many things going on in it. I don't know how you could have like backgrounds that detailed without going crazy and just, like, have a story that that's complex. Like, it's one of the most visually complex movies, just, like, in terms of just not, like, oh, the visuals are crazy, but just what's actually going on on the screen and how you can watch it so many different times and look at something, and it can completely recontextualize something else or mm-hmm. let it under explain something else, and, like, all the little clues that actually make you understand the movie. Like, they're not Easter eggs. Like, you have to... If you pick up on the clues, then it makes the movie better and it makes you understand the story more. And I just don't know of really many movies like that. Um, So this movie, like, again, I don't know how much I would ever watch it on a repeat, but it's just like an incredible movie that just exists and I just can't believe it exists. So I think it's a great, a great movie that everyone should probably at least watch just once just because there's nothing really else like it.
0: Mm hmm. Cool. Um, okay, so speaking of movies in New York, uh, mm. I have a movie on my list that's set in New York, and it's Miracle on 34th Street, uh, which oh, wow, uh, starts yeah. out with the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, and it's a Christmas movie, obviously. Um, it, it's interesting because this movie... I'm, like, really not into Santa movies at all. Like, Santa is just not my thing. Uh, I think he's creepy and weird, and Santa and kids' movies just kind of, like, stresses me out. But in this movie, like, it subverts the idea of Santa Claus, and obviously that's the whole point of the movie. Uh, Mm. But I love that... It makes me want to, like, believe in the Santa Claus that, like, these kids believe in and, like, holds that magic and charm and, like, you've got a fun little relationship going on with the adults that you're rooting for and you're rooting for the mom to transform and have her redemption arc. And you're rooting for the kid to just have a good Christmas. And it just has so much fun Christmas charm. And that is why I love it. And it looks amazing, too. Like, this is a black and white film. Hmm. And it looks so good. When you watch it, you're like, wow, this is a good movie. That's how I feel when I watch it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll go into my other Christmas movie, which is also black and white. And then because I have a couple to get through, I'm also going to do two other black and white movies. So I'll just go through all my black yeah, and white go movies that it. I have. So my Christmas black and white is obviously It's a Wonderful Life, which like, again, I'm not really going to say anything else about it that hasn't been said by me. Yeah,
0: we've talked about it multiple times. Multiple
1: times. So I'm just going to, you know, everyone knows it's a great movie. Uh, my other movie that's again, black and white, a little older is 12 angry men, Hmm. which is just like an incredible movie. Like this was the one that I had seen only once that I wasn't going to rewatch, but it was like so good that I just wanted to rewatch it anyway. And I said something kind of like this in my letterbox review, but it's just really impressive how it manages to build so much suspense from such a simple seeming story. That really is basically just like a play. We've talked about this a little bit like in Breakfast Club 2, like the play aspect in that. But I think with this movie, it's even more just like these 12 older guys in a room talking about a court case, which like we don't even get to see the court case. So that would usually be the Mm. thing in a courtroom drama that you would find the most exciting was seeing like the prosecution and everything. But this is literally just like the jury talking. And like my, I mean, again, I've seen it before and my heart was like pounding. Like this is just like such a fun movie that is just like it goes, it flies by. Sidney Lumet is just an amazing, like all of his movies I feel like that I've seen are like that where they feel so quick and even more like exhilarating than the most like actiony superhero movie that I've ever seen. So just a great movie that I think people should, would still love if they had didn't like old movies, you know, just one of those, um, one, I don't think that they would love if they don't like old movies is persona, which is my l- last black and white movie. Uh, I talked about this one a little bit, I think, cause we did, um, our top 10. This one is in my top 10. This is just an amazing movie. Igmar Bergman is my King. He is great. Can't wait for Bergman Island this year. You know, going to be great. This movie is really good though. And I think it's one of his movies can be very slow and this one, there are obviously slow parts, but this one feels to me the most modern. And I think it's definitely helped along by the more not montage sequences, but like just the crazy, like I'm going to do crazy stuff with a camera sequences that are just super fun. And it just seems like when you watch it, you just can tell that the person making it loves making movies. And I think sometimes that's just like the most fun, Those are the most fun movies to watch because you're just like watching this guy have a great time with a camera. So that's always fun.
0: All right. I figured out a way to connect it apart from the fact that I also have another black and white movie, Um, but I have a movie that is also under 90 minutes. Um, (gasps) Wow. Because Persona is under 90 minutes. Um, So this one is, and that is Little Fugitive. Uh, which I love so much. Um, There's really not even a whole lot that happens in this movie. Uh, I happen to just, you know, a lot of the movies that I have ended up rating five stars in the past, like like new watch movies, because obviously there's a lot of movies that are rewatches and older movies, you know, like Back to the Future that are five stars. But new watches are usually something that I randomly stumble across, like on Criterion or, you know, a different streaming service. And Little Fugitive is one of those movies. Like, I just, you know, happened to watch it on Criterion for some reason. Uh, Maybe it was in the leaving section. I don't know. And it's just about this kid who's just chilling in Coney Island, basically. There's a little bit more conflict to it, but pretty much the whole thing is him just walking around Coney Island. Um, and yeah. I feel like, for me, it just was so peaceful and like enjoyable to just sit there and watch this kid live his life. Um, and I... Like it's beautiful black and white. Um, the people who made it are also photographers and they were able to use some really cool camera setups. I've talked about this movie before on the podcast, I don't remember mm-hmm, when, mm-hmm. but um, it's definitely a fun one to check out. Um, and I love it very much.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I watched it for this just because I wanted to have watched all of yours. Um, and it's it's nice and short, too, which we always are fans of, I think.
0: Yeah, and it's cute. Like, even if it's not a five-star movie for someone, like, it definitely is a fun little watch to kind of have under your belt.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it's like an early movie, so, you know, you could say, oh, I watched a really early movie, you know, if you want to show off to your friends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a movie that I have that is also set in New York is Do the Right Thing, which we have have- a whole like half of an episode on because we did one with this and legally blonde for a cinema swap. So I'm not really going to say too much about this. Other than that, it's an amazing movie and it's an all in one day movie, which I also have before sunrise, which is an all in one day movie. Um, wow. And I think I've already talked about this one on our, my top 10, which I don't even know if it's actually in my top 10. Now it might've gotten moved out, but it's obviously still a five star. And again, it's a great movie. I love talking. You can just put as much talking as you want in your movie, and I will, I will watch it. And that's basically all this movie is—is is just like talking. You know, it's just them walking and them mm. talking, and that's some—that's my favorite. So that's why it's a five star.
0: Very cool. Um, um,
1: Any movies where they walk? <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, a movie that is also a two-word title. Uh, okay. Would be Knives Out. Um, <laughs> we've talked about this movie a lot. Okay, we we know that I love this movie. Three and times, maybe that. <laughs> Probably even more than that. That it's like just come up on occasion. Oh yeah. um, You know this movie is my brand, and I am very okay with people branding me with this movie. Um I can't literally.
1: Wait. We don't want literal brands of knives well,
0: out. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I would get a knives out tattoo. I feel like that would count as like branding. Like if I came what up about with like one good enough. The
1: circle of knives maybe.
0: The circle of knives. I feel like that would be a lot though. Like the circle Probably. of knives around my knee maybe just kidding. The circle of knives. <laughs> maybe like Eat shit. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That'd be fine. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't get that as a tattoo. Uh but you get
1: it on your a knuckle tattoo and then the last one is an exclamation point.
0: Yeah.
1: It's a good movie. I also have um a twenty nineteen movie on my list, which is Parasite, which mm-hmm. we've also talked about. But we keep going through these and like we've talked about this one. Um and I feel like out of all the movies, this is the one that most people well, I've heard the most about most recently. Hmm. So Yeah. Um, I'm not I don't really have to really say anything about it, but it's obviously an incredible movie. I own two copies of it. Probably will own a third because I'll buy the four K version just I like, just oh I'm just completely stupid. It's just, you know, I am a collector. a mindless consumer. You're a collector. A mindless, <laughs> <laughs> yes, a collector. Yeah. <laughs> um no, it's just a great movie and like one of the best examples for me and this is a, sometimes my favorite kind of movie of something that can cross over both into mainstream and also like more not art house but like quote unquote cinephile like mm. movie like it ha- it can appeal to multiple different people yeah. or it's just like a more like art house movie that is has a very wide mass appeal, which is like uh-huh. why it was really the perfect movie to win an Oscar. Like this is like the exact kind of movie that should be winning Oscars, not Green Book stuff like that. That is just very, you know what I'm saying. Like this is like
0: yeah,
1: th- an Oscar movie. Like exactly. Uh, yeah.
0: I know um, what you mean. you're right.
1: I, I don't think I have any other Oscar winning movies on my list, but you know, Jaws was nominated for Best Picture, which I will. <laughs> consider close enough especially because we already did just talk about jaws so like again don't have to say too much but jaws that's it's jaws it's jaws that's that's my review
0: all right um speaking of steven spielberg um another five-star movie that i have is jurassic park which is my favorite movie and everyone knows this um, so I don't need to talk about it forever. Though I've thought recently, I have thought about this, is that I think if any movie were to beat Jurassic Park in my mm. like highest movie, it might be Knives Out. Like It has inched its way wow. up my top 10 rankings over the past year as I have rewatched it a multitude of times. And I've thought about it. I've thought this movie, it could inch, it could inch its way past Jurassic Park. Um, it hasn't. Not yet. But it could. Um, but I love Jurassic Park. Uh, I think it's an absolutely perfect movie. I think it is amazing. The score is amazing. It's beautiful. It's a cinematic masterpiece. And no one can say anything that will change my mind.
1: Well, you know, Jurassic Park is about dinosaurs, and another movie I have that has an animal in the title is Groundhog Day. (laughs) And we've kind of talked a lot about Bill Murray. I don't know if I've talked specifically about this movie. Again, I do think this is a great example of like, oh, I want a movie that they just don't make anymore, like a more high concept drama that is, like, a comedy, but also has, like, more serious elements. Like, it's a very, like, of its time movie in that way. And also, though, I do think it has that thing where it has very broad appeal while still being, like, a movie that, at least now, is considered, like, um a staple of, like, film school. Because, like, people, like, use the script a lot in, like, script study stuff and just, like, analyzing how this basically amazing this script is um which is one reason why i love it also is again bill murray the performances and i do love you know it's like it's a very nice like message and it's one of those that just makes me feel like just happy you know like very warm and like i would like there's you know that like brand of like late 80s early 90s movies Mm -hmm. that just feels like i know you don't like friends but it feels like watching friends where you're like this was just like Even if it wasn't, it seemed like a great time in the world, Mm -hmm. you know, like in this stage. And I would just love to not live right now and instead live in this headspace that these people are in. (laughs) Uh Um, But it's also just very good. So that is uh, mine. And then another movie I have with Bill Murray in it is Moonrise Kingdom, which, again, my favorite movie. It's a great movie. I've said this before, but I think it's like the best combination of like all of Wes Anderson's movies, you know, it takes all of his the best traits from his movies, all the things that I liked, at least the best leaves all the bad and kind of like brings it together for a perfect mix of wonder and whimsy.
0: Um, I will share a movie that also starts with the letter M. (laughs) (laughs) and that is morona's fantastic tale um which i talked about in our um when we talked about our favorite movies of 2020 uh, at the beginning of the year uh, because morona's fantastic tale was my favorite movie of 2020 um it's a little uh animated french film uh that just features really unique animation styles um which i think is really cool and the story is just like makes me cry my eyes out every time because it's about a dog living through life and i'm not gonna cry now I'm just thinking about it um but it's very sweet and if you're into like animated films i think this is definitely one that you should check out um, or you're looking to watch maybe more foreign language animated films. Uh, maybe check it out with that too.
1: So my favorite movie of last year was The Assistant, which is a five star movie for me. We talked about this I think I think our wrap up of last year and then also in our film awards. Uh, we gave it a few awards and nominations. Mm-hmm. This is just a, again like just a great movie. And something I, I think that like it uses, a lot of techniques especially with sound that are very unique and st- something that you don't really see a lot in movies so it isn't very it keeps you engaged in that i think because it is a very slow movie but it's also sh- a little shorter and then with using those techniques and like just being more focused on like giving you auditory and like Even more physical experience, I think, into her character makes it a very, like, interesting watch in another movie that I don't know if there's many other movies like this that give me this same um, feeling, I guess, or feel like this kind of movie. So I I always appreciate when movies break out of the mold and use the medium in a bit more of a unique way like this. Mm Um. Let me see if I can connect this to something.
0: You could connect it to the social network for being an office setting.
1: I was was literally thinking that, so (laughs) great minds think alike. All right. So, yeah, the social network also takes place in an office, partly. And we have talked about this on the David Fincher Ranked episode. This is a movie, too, that I saw once. I think I rated it four stars the first time. And then the second time I saw it, I was like blown away and i was like how did i not rate this five stars the first time um and then i i think i've seen it again since then and also rated it five stars then um so this is just a great movie i think david fincher movies can feel sometimes like a little too david finchery for lack of a better word like he can kind of get too inside of his own like creation but this one feels like just so quick and snappy and fast paced i think also because Aaron sorkin did the dialogue a lot of people have said this like that's a great combination because they're both so different so i think it really complements each other well and it's also just like a great movie then to watch after like knowing what facebook is like now and what the internet is like now and i think in some ways it can like predict a lot of that 11 years ago so a great movie
0: I also have a movie about roommates Um, and that is What We Do in the Shadows, uh, which is a story about some vampire roommates uh, directed by the ever great Taika Waititi, uh, who is Stan. And I talked about this movie in our Taika episode, Um, but I just really love this movie. It's a mockumentary. I think it's super funny. It always lifts my spirits when I'm feeling down. Last year, I used it as a pick-me-up when I sliced my finger open uh, and was lying on the couch. Uh, no, it's just a really fun movie, and I think it's really creative and a super like subspecific type of humor that I really enjoy. So that's why it's a five-star for me. It was an easy five-star. Like When I watched it the very first time, I was like, wow, that was funny. Five stars,
1: <laughs> yeah, those are always great. um another movie that I think has similar vibes is Napoleon Dynamite mm. um, which is another another one where it's like obviously um nostalgic purposes as well, but I do think it's a very good version of this kind of comedy that then was like overdone for so long after that mm-hmm. came out, and there is a lot of like heart to it as well which i think some people sometimes forget when they're trying to make like the quirky like absurdist comedies yeah like he has an arc in this movie which i think a lot of people forget when they're making movies like this now also so it's just like a really good version of this movie and it was like one of the earliest versions of its kind and they should have just stopped making them after this because it's like yeah this is you you know this did it but you can't always be deploying dynamite guys you gotta you know just know when to stop so yeah. Yeah, that's one of mine.
0: I did Napoleon Dynamite uh dance for my school talent show.
1: Wow, very cool.
0: Yeah. Speaking of movies with a misunderstood main character, I will go with Donnie Darko, which is in a, is not a comedy, uh but does have some funny moments. Uh but definitely fits in that genre of like troubled adolescent um that napoleon dynamite does that was my relation between the two uh no i i love this movie i literally right before we recorded this episode i bought a ticket to see this movie on halloween at the alamo
1: that's very exciting um,
0: which i haven't seen it on a big screen so i'm i'm really excited to watch it on halloween Um, But I love this movie. This was one that actually, the first time I watched it, I gave it four and a half stars. And then on a rewatch, I had given it five stars. Um, So it's one that I think is really interesting. I think it's a cool time travel movie. And it's got a great soundtrack. It's a fun story. It's very like angsty, love a good angst uh, movie, of course, that has angst angst <laughs> and it's it's my man my man jakey um yeah
1: who 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 does shower now he it has does been he said up. that he
0: does and he's been trending today with that quote about women so
1: yeah he's back on the up and up
0: yeah and did you see that picture of him with the like pink sweater
1: i did i did a king two, i have two other movies uh speaking of donnie darko that have also almost been ruined by incels <gasps> um one of them is eternal sunshine of the spotless mind mm. which i actually made a made a review that says we need to take this one back from the incels because i think it's like even more than something like fight club like a complete misreading of the movie
0: yes um yeah.
1: actually i want to write about this on our blog so i'm not really going to give away that right now cuz i want to mm. write a full piece on that you know so you can look forward to that but, um, you know, I mean, what an amazing story, too. Like, how do people even come up with stories like this? That's what I want to know. Like, it's like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: why, how do people's brains work like this? Um, the other movie is Her, yep. which I was actually, I think I texted you when I was watching it. And, like, the first half, especially, like, is so scary, basically, like, how much our world is just like that now, uh-huh. you know? But with that aside... I think one thing this movie does really well is giving you a very just a portrait of these people that just like not judging them. I think Mm. and like just giving you the events that happened, but letting you decide for yourself what you think about them and not like saying, Oh, these are terrible people. And this is like, I I think it could have very easily turned into a movie that was like a cautionary, like dystopian tale, you know? And I think that the fact that it is actually much more like, complex and sometimes Mm. sweet and sometimes like really heartbreaking love story between him and the computer. And then also, but like Amy Adams character, like just lots of different people. Like I think this movie could have been really awful. Mm. And the fact that it is what it is, is I think just really cool. It's really weird that people took this and were like, this is now a movie that really confirms my worldview that mm. all women are terrible. I'm like, that doesn't seem like what they were trying to say, but yeah. all right, sure. <laughs> Sounds good, guys.
0: Yeah, so speaking of movies that star Joaquin Phoenix, uh, my next oh. one is Todd Phillips' The Joker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was good. That was very funny. <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> I knew you'd like that.
1: That was a good joke. Um,
0: no, I'll do one Um. that also, I think, shares themes of a cautionary tale in it. And that is Spirited Away. Starts with the parents indulging in the food and kind of um, getting turned into pigs. And then she's stuck in this world and runs into various people and creatures and has to figure out how to save her parents and know herself. And, wow, this movie is just so good. Another Miyazaki, obviously. Uh, but just the way that he handles children in movies and writes children in all yeah. of his movies is so impressive to me. Just genius. Like, he's just a genius filmmaker. And I think Spirited Away is like, I love almost all of his movies. Um, there's a couple that I think are fine, um, some of his earlier works. Um, but most of his movies, I love um, but I feel like Spirited Away, I would say, is his best movie. Um,
1: I mean, I think people would agree. Like,
0: yeah, yeah, I think some people would would yeah, yeah.
1: People might say you were a little bit of like uh, not being very original, but like you've seen them all, you know. I have. You've done the work, and
0: you can see my ranking officially on Letterboxd of his movies. Wow. Uh, slightly controversial, not clickbait. <gasps> um but i i do think that this is his crowning achievement and i think it is one of the best animated films of all time and Mm. just will like last forever um so yeah
1: it definitely will um now especially that it's on hbo max it's great that all of those are like so available
0: yeah and are
1: kind of like not getting like a second life because obviously those are like have always been popular but i do feel like a lot of more people are getting access to them like even me so that yeah. was i think a really awesome and we just job passed the
0: men. like um we've had where this is like the 20th anniversary of it this year hmm. um so there's a lot of like 20th anniversary stuff going on it's very exciting
1: very nice i also have a coming of age story in ladybird
0: mm-hmm. Which,
1: again, talked about it a lot, so don't gotta say too much. This is a movie where, like, I could watch, I mean, it's, I think it's like 95, 96 minutes around there. Uh huh. But I could watch this, like, for two hours, three hours, four hours. Like, there's just so much in this movie that is so interesting. And because it's just really this person's life in this one year span. And so I would just love to just have it have kept going, but it didn't because it's a movie. And I think it's really smart for Greta Gerwig to, to not... I mean, I think she made another movie really early on, but to really hone her craft, you know, because being able to then come out with this as her first movie, I think, has set her up for a lot of the success with then Little Woman. And then I think, what is it? The Barbie movie is next. Yeah. Um, so that'll be interesting. But... I think that is like, because a lot of people are like, wow, what a great debut, but really like if you had, she had been working for so long before this and you can see like almost the stepping stones of this movie and like all the other movies she worked on before this and then like how this is kind of the culmination of all of that. So this is just a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I have another A24 movie that also released in 2017. Again, 2017, you know, something which is in the air. Uh, This is first reformed, which is a lot different of a vibe from Lady Bird. Still just as good though. And I love the fact that this movie is so, has so many deep themes, but it's so ambiguous in the way that it relates those themes. And you can, you can take the main message away from the movie, but still interpret that in different ways. And interpret the way that even the ending plays out and the way that he gets to that conclusion in different ways. And especially like with all of the religious um religious elements to it is just really like an interesting story. And again, lots of like both talking to people, but also internal monologue, which again, big fan of the talking, and Ethan Hawk, you know. Mm-hmm. Gotta love him.
0: Um First Reformed is also, similar to Goodbye Lenin hmm. because they both deal with themes that have to do with a climate in the world that is hard to process. Like, Wow. <laughs> right, right? Well, that yeah, was good, Yeah, yeah, right? I mean,
1: they do. They do, Um, yes. So
0: for those who don't know, uh, because I feel like Goodbye Lennon is, I would say, a pretty pretty niche film. Um, yeah,
1: probably the most unknown one that you have, that either of us have on combined lists.
0: Yeah. Um. So this movie is basically about um, this guy and his young adult and his mother- And his mother, um, is a communist, like, big-time communist, and it's set right when the Berlin Wall falls, but she is, like, in a coma, um, and she goes into a coma before the Berlin Wall falls, and then, um, they're basically, like, when she wakes up, like, if she is too distressed, she'll, like, have a heart attack and die, pretty much, And so this guy wants to not lie to her. I mean, it is lying to her, but fake like that this never happened. So he pretty much is like faking her life and surroundings Mm -hmm. to not let her find out that the Berlin Wall fell because she's or he's worried that um, it'll kill her, basically. Um, So it's this whole journey of like this learning about this political climate and how they're reacting to it. And his love for his mother um, and just, like, how he goes to these great lengths to, like, protect his mother at all costs and just his world revolving around that. It's so good. And it's, like, this was another movie that was leaving on Criterion and I was, like, I had just watched... um, Falcon, falcon and the winter, and winter soldier, soldier and daniel Bruhl was in it and i was like oh fun like an old daniel Bruhl movie like i'll put this on and i i loved it like i just thought it was super creative i thought the editing was super fun um reminded me of kind of like the way beginners is edited and stuff like that it just was like and the score is so beautiful i've listened to it multiple times since then uh but it's just a really 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 good movie
1: yeah, yeah, it is. I would recommend it. Um, the mom in this movie is kind of like in a prison because, like, she's kept in her house. And you know who else is in a prison is the people in Shawshank Redemption.
0: Oh my they gosh, they are are in
1: a prison. Yeah, this is one that I honestly, like, I mean, I rewatched it for this podcast, and I didn't want to rate it five stars because this is just like the most cliche five star movie I have. You uh-huh. know, like I went in not wanting to have it five stars. But then the movie ended, and I was like, there's no way I can't rate this five stars because it's just like a classic, you know? Yeah. So well-paced, so well done, so many like great little vignette moments that then kind of culminate into a hole at the end. And I think one of the best parts about it is some people don't like the ending as much because it feels like a cop-out, like, oh, yeah. I mean, spoilers for Shawshank Redemption. But, oh, yeah, they they met at the beach at the end and the book should, the book ended when he went in, like he didn't meet him at the beach at the end of the book, I Mm -hmm. guess. So they are like, Oh, it kind of was like a Hollywood cop out. But I feel like the ending is very obviously supposed to be like a fantasy. And Mm -hmm. the real ending is when he is on the bus, because if you watch it and you like see the way it's shot from very far away, you don't really see much of like, they don't really talk I don't think at all and his narration basically ends before that scene so I think it can be read in the way that you don't know if they're going to see each other and that's really just like mm. what he's imagining and I think especially when I watch it with that lens like it's just when it, when you can look at a movie like that you know it's good you know because there's a lot of those little details and I like that um, yeah. so that's, that's, uh, that's one of mine
0: so speaking of people trying to escape as well and break out and leave it behind. Um, I will get into the first of two uh, limited series that I have rated five stars on Letterboxd. And this is the haunting of Hill House. Um, So they are trying to, as adults escape this past um, from when they were kids and the horrors that they faced in Hill House and um also obviously showcases them as kids uh and it just is I I watched it twice all the way through and then have watched like behind the scenes and rewatched certain episodes and I'm probably do a rewatch here soon uh but it's so good and is just like long form storytelling the way that each episode works for each character And the way that they go through each, like, how they transform back from the past to the present is just so fluid. And then they have that really long one take in the episode, which is just phenomenal. And I think Flanagan is, like, one of the best horror directors of our time right now. Obviously, Bly Manor was good as well. And then Midnight Masters came out, which I am excited for and haven't had a chance to watch yet. Uh, but Hill House is an easy five star for me.
1: Yeah, it's a great show. I would highly recommend it to anyone who who watched, who wanted to watch, who is into that kind of stuff. Uh, very good. So, let's see here. Um, um. All right. So, spoilers for the Prestige coming up in a second. But um, you know, Haunting of Hill House has twins <laughs> in it. Yes. And you know who else has twins is the the Prestige. There are twins in the Prestige, which is the twist. So sorry that. Yeah, but if like hasn't that movie came prestige. out
0: a long time ago.
1: You know, you guys, it's your fault if you haven't seen it yet. This is I think the best Christopher Nolan movie, I think. Wow,
0: that is a hot take. I mean, I don't know, like I mean I, I think
1: most people would say probably The Dark Knight, you know? Yeah. That would probably be what they would say. I think The Dark Knight is not his best movie. I think it's his not even his second best movie, probably, mm-hmm. if I had to rewatch them. I think that this movie is like because he can get obviously very wordy and have a lot of exposition and really complex plots. And I think we're never coming back from that now. I think we're never gonna get to the point where he's gonna make another, like, more mainstream movie, you know? I mean obviously all of his movies are mainstream, but they're very high concept, like just almost in their own heads at some point I think interstellar was like there's no like turning back from that in that aspect so with this movie it's like there's just so many great movie stars which again doesn't happen anymore they're like in like an original story about magicians I mean I think they're based on a book but it might as well be original because like who's read this book um with magicians and it's like this weird story What has all these famous actors in it and it is pretty like even for a mainstream movie more complexly edited so there are elements of his style in there but i think it is pared down to a point that is still able for people to watch it and understand what's going mm-hmm. on And enjoy it on a first watch and then a second watch when they can kind of see more because there's still like those Easter eggs hidden in there once you find out the twist. And yeah, it's just super engaging. And I've seen it three or four times and each time like this was a movie you would think once you know the twist isn't as interesting. But for me, it's still like the core of the story of the uh, like obsession of these two men like competing is still just a really engaging story to watch, you know? So this is my favorite Christopher Nolan movie cuz i think it's just really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't really have anything to say. I just it think it's like good. his most his most cohesive movie probably.
0: Um speaking of magicians, <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe, yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> There's some magic and
1: there are there is magic. There is magic. In
0: uh Over the Garden Wall, which is my final five star here and I've talked to you about this movie. Um, well, okay, it's a limited series, but really it's a movie because it's all it's together. It's basically a movie, um, and they are
1: only 10-minute episodes. Like,
0: Yeah, uh, it is just so perfect to me. Um, the vibes are immaculate for autumn and Halloween and fall, and it, the characters are so cute, and the animation is so cute, and the songs in it are fun and the humor is perfect and the story like gets you in the heart as well it's just a really good time um i feel like most people have seen this by now but if you haven't Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. get on it watch it right now
1: i would also say like if you aren't feeling it in the beginning definitely just keep going Because once you get to the later episodes, I think it makes the earlier episodes better.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: All right. And for my last five star, you know, this is also a movie that for me gives immaculate vibes. Um, And that is Phantom Thread. We've already talked about this in another Cinema Swap episode that we did with Cool Hand Luke. I lo- love the soundtrack. I've already said that. Daniel Day-Lewis, like, this is basically the role he was made for. I mean, they literally made their role for him. But, like, I mean, in a more, like, big way, like, he was made for this role. Um, I think that it's another goodest ass- I have a lot of stories about Obsession. I don't know what that says. But I think it's a good story about that and just the way that the narrative is constructed. And it it just feels so, like refined I guess uh-huh. in a way that not a lot of movies feel anymore and I just love watching it for that because it feels like a modern costume drama kind of like how Emma felt I didn't like that obviously as much as this movie but in a similar way where that's another costume drama that came out more recently but feels a lot more modern cuz it's injecting not like it's like putting it to the present day but It just is injecting some more modern thematic elements, but still feels natural in the story. So it's not like it feels out of place. Mm -hmm. And I really like that new way that costume dramas have been going in the last couple of years where they're not trying to be like BBC masterpieces, you know, Mm -hmm. because like I think those are like kind of I think Downton Abbey basically like put an end to those you know because like that's just like the ultimate like you can't really come back from that that's like it just did it all so with these ones it feels like they're trying to be a little bit more not absurdist but in injecting some more things into these costume dramas that i don't think would be there before i think the favorite is another example of that mm, yeah. where that has a bit more of like a modern flair to it Um, so yeah, Phantom Thread and I can't wait for Paul Thomas Henderson's new movie coming out in a few months. That is also very exciting. So yeah, we, we made it though. That's all. That's all of our movies. Since
0: you brought it up though, I will say you brought up Cool Hand Luke. That was a five star movie for me and I did not get a chance to watch it, like rewatch it before this, but I know that it was one that was definitely on the bubble for me. And so Mm. I decided without rewatching it to knock it down to four and a half before this episode because I just felt like it wasn't up to par with these other ones. But since you brought it up with Phantom Thread, I thought I had to also share that. That
1: you know, it had been
0: a five star movie up until I knocked it off today, off my list. So, gotcha, gotcha,
1: interesting. Wow. Well, we did it, you know, and I, I mean, I think we made good time and I think, you know, we got all of our thoughts in and like I said, there's somewhere we'd already talked about. So if you want to know more about those movies, then we definitely have episodes on some of them. Again, really happy with how the podcast has gone so far, how the things we've done, the episodes we've made, and I'm excited for the stuff we have coming up, like a lot of cool reviews for some of the new newer movies coming out later this year some spooky time episodes, some holiday episodes, you know, all the classics, you know, we've got coming up on the slate.
0: And very many fun returning guests. So keep your eyes yeah. peeled for our friends of the pod <laughs> to come back on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 exciting. I'm excited. I mean, this is like the best time for movies just one because Halloween, spooky time movies, fall, fall movies, but also like this is when all of the Oscar movies start coming out. So oh, yes. just in general, an exciting time for movies. Um mm-hmm. for for keeping up with what we are doing, you can follow us on all of our social medias, which is Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can just search secondhand film critics and we should come up. You can email us if you wanna contact us, maybe email us about one of the things we brought up in this episode, some episode ideas that you have, just any general thoughts about maybe what your favorite episode of the last hundred episodes was. That mm. would be fun. You can email us at secondhandfilmcritics at gmail.com. And we also do have a new website that we launched in the last couple weeks. So
0: yes, you can check that very out. Very exciting.
1: It is exciting. And like I said, I will hopefully be eventually writing that Eternal Sunshine um piece. So we'll have that up probably.
0: I'll probably write a piece soon. I just haven't figured out what I'm gonna write about yet. Inspiration has not struck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or else I'll you know, end up writing something wait. about spooky buddies, probably. So we need to wait for some other A kind dissertation of on
1: spooky buddies
0: and <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> why it's perfect
1: um for our next episode we it's gonna be a little different so we are taking a break um just a one week break coming up this tuesday just you know we made 100 episodes i think we deserve a little bit of a breather before we jump into the the rest of the year which again is very busy uh but we, we also kind of aren't taking a break because do you want to say what we have coming up yeah, on so Thursday? Yeah, so we have
0: a bonus episode that'll be dropping on Thursday. I went to a film festival last weekend at my Alamo draft house locally And I was able to interview um, Mallory and Whitney, who are from the movie Stop and Go, which is a new um, movie, COVID comedy, uh, road trip comedy, buddy comedy. Wow. They're awesome and so cool and definitely worth hearing from. Um, So that will be dropping on Thursday. It's going to be a shorter episode. uh, So definitely keep your ears ready uh, to listen to them talk about their movie this is so
1: exciting yeah so we'll have that thursday then we will um have a quick uh break on this upcoming tuesday and then we will be coming back on the next tuesday um which would be tuesday the Uh, uh, 12th 12th.
0: to talk about uh uh-huh uh-huh yeah uh uh-huh to talk about muppets Muppets haunted Haunted Mansion. mansion yeah and maybe the original haunted mansion as well. Right, we will can throw that tie in, there too. in yeah. a little bit. Um, but yeah, we'll be reviewing the new Muppets. I am very so exciting. excited. I mean,
1: it's been a while since we had Muppets content. I know they did like that Muppets show revival, but I feel like that didn't uh, get much good. traction. Yeah. So you know, great. I'm hoping this is the return to form for the Muppets that we have been hoping for for so long. Yes. Uh that would be so good. Um anything else uh until then?
0: I have nothing. I'm very tired.
1: Wow. <laughs> we did we did it. We recorded our hundredth episode. We did Can you believe it. Can
0: you believe it? Wow. Look at uh, look at us. Well who who would have thought? Look at us.
1: Who who would have thought? Um uh, yeah. until the hundred and first episode, I am Noah.
0: And I am Kayla. And,
1: and we're, we're your, your second, second and Film um, credits.